Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today we're getting back into some games with Saw 4, which came out in 2007, I think. You think it's over just because I'm dead? And I am joined by our resident Saw correspondent and star of the hit show New Girl, Jake Johnson. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Stacy? I'm great because you're actually here in studio. Yeah, yeah. I'm back in town for a few weeks. Uh, you know, spending up time with my family and uh, with some friends for the holidays, and it's been yeah, it's just been great. So yeah, I'm we haven't had you in studio since the first saw. That is true. Yeah, there so, was uh, no snow on the ground. Yeah, there was no snow on the ground, so it's good to have you back here. Not skyped in. Uh, easier to edit this way. Yes, exactly. So, good to have you here, man. So saw four. Which you'd seen before. Yes. Apparently. My my recollection was I'd never seen it. And then while watching it, I had the exact same reaction from Saw 3 as I did where I was like, well, I remember all these scenes. I just don't remember where I've seen them from. Sure. So, yeah. I had seen it, but I hadn't. Do you like the movie? I did, yeah. I thought it was a, I thought it was a fun watch. You sure. know, this one, you know, they started getting a little more twisty-turny with it, a little more M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a fun little watch. I mean, it's nothing spectacular, but yeah, good times. Yeah, it's not great. It's it's fun to watch. It's it's entertaining enough. Uh, if you if you've watched the first three Saw movies, you might as well keep going. So, exactly. Um, there's definitely some twists. So if you haven't seen it before, we're recommending go watch it first and then come listen to this. Yep. Spoiler alert. Obviously. Yep. Spoiler alert. You've been warned. We will be spoiling the entire plot of this movie because we're going to go through everything beat by beat, character decision by character decision, to try and see. If we need to add any new rules to our master list of horror movie rules, uh, how to survive a horror movie. Basically, that's what we're doing with the podcast. We're trying to create a uh, master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies. So we'll be going through the plot of software to see if we need to add any more. And I think we will. Spoiler alert, I think there will be some new rules with this episode. I would, I would definitely agree with that. Okay. Uh, let's get into this thing. And unless you have got anything else. Uh, no, I'm ready to dive right in. Let's do Saw 4. So the movie opens with the autopsy of Jigsaw, who, if you'll remember, died in the previous movie. And definitely isn't really involved in the plot of this movie at all. No. So just, like we said earlier, spoiler alert, this is your last chance. Okay. Okay. You've been warned. We're done. Yep. So this scene is actually the last scene in the narrative. It's, it's, it's played first to make you think this all happens after Jigsaw's death. And that's the big twist in this movie is this movie's actually taking place at the same time as Saw 3. Pretty good twist. I like this twist. Yeah, I definitely did too. I thought it had a lot of creativity, especially when, you know, Saw's already had notoriously known for twists and turns. Yep. I thought this was a really clever one. Yeah, so I like this, um, but we're just going to throw it out there now just so we're going to try and make this the least amount of confusing possible, even though that's going to be a little bit tough. This is the Saw series. Mm -hmm. They're just naturally confusing. During the autopsy, which is super gross. It is It is very, very graphic. And, you know, for those people who don't like any type of blood or gore, you know, the horror gore genre, uh, I would recommend just fast-forwarding that scene. Yeah, but, it's um, gratuitous. It's very gratuitous. It's very over-the-top. Um, I like it. Oh, yeah, I love it. The, visually, it looks disgustingly fantastic yes it looks it looks great it legitimately good stuff but they end up finding a tape in jigsaw's stomach and so we bring in detective mark hoffman who was in the previous movie very briefly mm -hmm. he had like three scenes in the previous movie and he comes in and listens to the tape and basically it's like you're gonna be tested too and the games have just begun just because i'm dead does not mean the game stopped and so, oh no, Detective Hoffman's in trouble and definitely not an accomplice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this this character we care so much about. Yeah, the character we know like, everything about, we're invested in him. We're so emotionally invested in this character. Oh, 100%. That's the biggest problem with the later Saw movies is I think Hoffman is not. Who cares? Well, yeah. Well, he's kind of like a cardboard character. Yeah. He's very, he's very Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Just kind of monotone, bland. Yeah. Not really... Doing much. Um, yeah, he, he's not great. But anyway, so we meet two new characters. We meet Trevor and Art. We don't know much about Trevor besides he, we're going to see him later in a flashback, but he has uh, drug addiction issues. Mm -hmm. And then Art is actually Jigsaw's lawyer 
and business partner, which we'll, we'll learn later, but that's the type of character. So, But Trevor has his eyes sewn shut, mm-hmm. and Art has his mouth sewn shut, so they can't communicate. Trevor can't see anything. Art can't talk to Trevor. But they are in a mausoleum. They have chains wrapped around their necks, and they're locked in, and they're attached to this device that is going to, like, pull them in, and it'll, it'll break their necks if mm-hmm. they get too close. And Art quickly sees that the key to the locks is actually on the back of Trevor's collar, which he can't see, and yeah. Art can't tell him. So this is actually probably my favorite scene in the movie. Uh, I would probably agree. I like this trap a lot. Yeah, this trap, you know, all the other traps aren't really too elaborate, mm-hmm. but this one has a really unique perspective of things where, yeah. you know, you can't see, you can't talk, and, you know, how are you supposed to communicate? Also of interest, there's no jigsaw tape or, or video no. to watch. They just, they wake up and they're here. Mm-hmm. This might be the only trap like this in the series. Well, we do end up seeing uh, in a flashback that after he finishes yep. it, there is a tape. After he survived. After he survived. So, yeah. Interesting. It's kind of, uh, they're putting him behind the eight ball yeah. in this scene. So the first rule to surviving any horror movies is you have to realize you're in one. Guess what, Trevor and Art, you're in a horror movie. If you wake up with your eyes and mouth shown shut, you're in a horror movie. Yeah. First thing, Trevor starts just lashing out, and he's, like, looking around the room. He can hear Art on the other side of the room, and he's, like, yelling at him, but obviously Art can't communicate. So Trevor panics and, like, runs away and activates the trap. Mm-hmm. Rule number 10, don't panic. Yeah, don't panic. You got to calm down. You know, I, I get the instinct of my eye. If I were to wake up with my ass on shit, I'd like, well, freak out a little bit, I too. have I have a, not to this degree of uh, severity, but I had pink eye one time growing up, and... I woke up and my eyes were like glued shut due to like all the mucus and everything. Oh. And I like freaked out. I was just like, Why? What, what is going on? What is going on with my eyes? And so I can understand, you know, not being able to open them. Yep. I, I would probably be in the same position. Yeah. It's hard to criticize Trevor too much, mm-hmm. but in an ideal world, is, yeah. you would not panic here and you just slowly try and figure it out. But there's going to be way worse uh, sins committed in this film than what Trevor does. Oh, yeah. So the machine gets started up and they're getting slowly dragged towards the center of the room. There's lots of weapons here. There's just lots of weapons scattered. It, se- it seems like a lot of them are on Trevor's side. Yeah, a lot of them were on Trevor's side. Axes and crowbars and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, rule number five, lock and load. Yeah. I mean, and they both do it. They, they both, both do it. it. Trevor instinctively grabs, uh, I think it was like a crowbar. or It was an axe the, first. And then he throws it at Art. Yes, and that's then right. Art picks yep, it, and up Art when, picks it up when he misses. So that's great. Lock and load. You know, obviously Trevor had multiple weapons. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he knew that right away because he's blind. Yeah. So I will say, rule number seven, don't leave your weapon behind. And that includes don't throw your weapon if that's all you have. Exactly. And, you know, he's fortunate that there was more on his side. But rule seven, don't leave your weapon behind. Don't throw away your only weapon. Firmly grasp it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to to assume that that was your only weapon. Hang on to it. Firmly grasp it. So Trevor just starts kind of swinging wildly. Um, And Art can see he's got the advantage here. Oh, 100%. Definitely has the advantage in this game. Gets around him. Grabs the key. But does get stabbed in the leg by Trevor mm-hmm. with a crowbar in the process. But ultimately, Art manages to uh, bash Trevor's head in with like a, a sledgehammer. Yeah, like a little, yeah, a little mallet. Yeah. So, I mean, good for Art. Ideally, you'd like to find a way to communicate with him. But if you can't, you just have to take out the threat. That's true. Yep. Uh, I will say, though, because at, at the end of that scene, you know, he bashes his head over. He gabs the key. He unlocks himself. And then he rips open his mouth and rips open the sutures. Yep. My only criticism is, if he could do that then, he could probably have tried to do that before to try to communicate in some way. Here's another one. Why didn't he use the axe to just, like... Yeah. There were options to get, you know, the the, the stitches undone. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to throw this up to you again. Rule number 10, don't panic. Yep. You have a crazy guy who's blind who's swinging axes at you. I get it. Who's about twice your size. Yeah, that's the other thing. Trevor's huge. Just massive, massive brute strength. And Art's a little guy. But Art wins the fight, and Trevor gets killed. Ultimately, for Trevor, he had a bad draw, but ultimately, it was just he panicked. That's true. Yeah, he panicked. You can't really fault him too much on no. it. But, yeah, he definitely panicked. He, you know, threw his weapon away. And since he couldn't see, he didn't know that there were other weapons right next to him. Yep. Rip. <laughs> Not much more to say about Trevor. But Art survives. Art is still alive. So then we get a, the SWAT team uh, doing a raid on like a sewer or something. Yeah, I don't some, really some, know what it some is. Some underground building. But we get our, our SWAT officer, uh, Rig, from Saw 2 and 3 back. And he's going to be our main protagonist of this movie. And he's here along with Hoffman. They're, they're leading the raid. And they finally learn something. After the disastrous raid in Saw 2, they send in a robot. 
It's one of the g- most genius and simplistic ideas you could possibly have. Best movie of the movie, arguably. Yeah. The fact that it took them th- four movies now to yeah. figure that out is, you know, a little baffling on the... Rule 21, learn from past events. They yeah. did it. They finally did it. And I do want to say, for Rig, he's been investigating all of these serial murders, right? Two of his close friends have been murdered by this, this killer. Mm-hmm. Rig, you're in a horror movie. Yeah. Once once the, the cops start dying around you, yeah, you're in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Hoffman... Not so much, because he's the bad guy. He's the accomplice. He is the accomplice. He does play it off very well, though. Yeah. He's not too suspicious, which will tra- change in the later movies. He gets so suspicious later on. Oh, yeah. It's like, how does nobody know? So they send in a robot, and they watch on screen, and the robot eventually sees that it's Carrie. And Rig panics or whatever, and just, you know, in a desperation attempt to try and save her, just bolts into the yeah. room. Storms in like Normandy. Uh, yeah, rule number 12, wait for backup. Mm-hmm. And you even hear Hoffman say that you don't go through the doors like that. You don't yeah. go through unsecure doors. Uh, so this is going to be the major theme of this movie is this right here. And I think this is a new rule. Yeah. So I want to add a new rule to this list. Uh, rule number 42, don't charge forward. Yeah. You know, if you have time on your side, sometimes if the killer is right behind you, you don't have a choice. You mm-hmm. have to just, you know... Run, bitch, run your way through. Yep. You just got to go. But if you have time on your side, like if you're investigating a serial killer who's known for traps, and there really isn't a time limit mm-hmm. at this point, don't charge headlong into situations. Don't charge ahead. Yeah. Exactly. Slow down. Yeah, just take a breath. Let the robot do its thing. Well, the thing is, is that when the robot pans up to Carrie, you can clearly tell that she is dead. Yep. You can clearly tell. And, and I get it's his close friend. It is, yep. But she and she had been missing for four days, so you know he's obviously concerned about her. But yeah, I mean at that point you got to just kind of hold back and yeah, she does. Another thing is rule number thirty: don't be a good Samaritan. Like I get you're a cop, you want to save people. That's that's Rick's character. He wants to save everybody. Yes. You can't. Mm-mm. You can't save everybody. And that's also a very thorough theme throughout the movie. Yep, this one definitely has themes. Mm-hmm. Don't be a good Samaritan. Uh, and another thing, don't put yourself in danger to save others. You know, you can't help anybody if you're dead. Well, yeah. I mean, that's like the old adage where, you know, most people who try to save people that are drowning also yeah. die because they get drowned. I work in news, and uh, I, I, get, I hear a lot of news stories, obviously, especially, you know, where I work in the region. And with all these snowstorms we've been having, you know, people get stuck on the side of the roads. And there's been multiple stories in just a few days of Good Samaritans stopping to help and getting hit by cars themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tragic. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, these are good people trying to help. And Rig is a good person who's trying to help, and he's going to suffer for it. Yeah. Sometimes you don't want to be a good person. I mean, it's great to be a good person, and I don't want to take that away from anybody. But don't be good to the point of putting yourself in danger. Exactly. Yeah, you, you're no good to anybody dead. Yeah. Rule number 42, don't charge ahead. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Hoffman's going to come in and, and basically chew him out. Like, hey, you don't ever do that. And it's even more interesting when you know that Hoffman is one of the, the jigsaw killers. Yeah. He's, because he's he, warning him. He's basically telling him what he what he should not be doing. Yeah. And that's one of the frustrating things in this whole movie is it has never been so blatant what Rig has to do to win his game. Yeah. It is blatant. It is. It's just like he can only save himself. I mean, Jigsaw says over and over. You know, these people can only save themselves. You cannot save them. And yet he's trying to find a way to save them. All he's got to do is walk away. Yeah. All he's got to do is walk away. <sighs> Rig. It's very it's very reminiscent to the second one where uh, Detective Matthews' son is in the safe the entire time. If he had just taken a chill pill. Yep. So we get two FBI agents who are now on the scene. We get Lindsay Perez and Peter Strom. Peter Strom just seems kind of angry. Oh, I think he's my—he's probably my favorite character in this movie. Yeah. I absolutely love him. I love his character. I love his demeanor towards everybody. He's, like, sharp, but, you know, he's very methodical and calculated. And, yeah, I just—I love—I loved his actor performance. And then Perez, there's not much to her. She's just there. She's just kind of there. But their liaison on the Jigsaw case was Carrie. And now that she's dead, they're, of course, going to show up. And they received a message from her and a key. And it, the message was, open the door and you will find me. And then, you know, they're, they're helping an investigation. And they realize Jigsaw and Amanda did not kill Carrie. There was no way for either of them to mm-hmm. put Carrie in the trap. Somebody bigger had to do it. So, so there, there is a third person. It's Hoffman. You're talking to him right now. At least a third person. Yeah, at least. I do like how Hoffman, in that scene, he tries to shift the, 
the fact that oh well jigsaw could have done it and, and he says you know he says you know he's all brain not brawn so yeah there was someone else who was helping him yeah good try hoffman you you killer you so rig goes back to the police station and watches an interview with jigsaw's wife jill tuck who we briefly saw in saw three for like a scene and it's established that eric matthews donnie Wahlberg's character has been missing for six months eric's like yeah he's dead even though he's not, but well, I mean, yeah, it's a fair assumption to make. Carrie, Carrie was gone for four days. She's dead. Your obvious assumption is that Eric Matthews is also dead. Yeah, he's in a sewer somewhere. Yeah, dead. And Hoffman comes back to the station, and again, it's like, go home, be with your wife, and let this go. They're spelling it out for you, Rick. Yeah, he's bas- without saying, "Hey, I'm the killer." Don't do anything. That's basically what he's saying. Yeah, because you get the Hoffman likes Rick. Mm-hmm. Hoffman wants Rick to succeed. Yeah. Which is which is interesting when you know he's the killer. Yep, because you can see it. You can see it in him where he's just he's telling him, you know, let it go. You know, you can't do all this yourself. You know, go walk away, work on your renovation projects at home, and he he doesn't listen. Nope. But Rig does go home for now. His wife Tracy, her bags are packed. She's gonna go stay with her mom, and she's like, "Come with me." And Rig, and she's like, "You can't save everyone. Just come with me." And Rig's like, "Nope, can't do it. Gotta stay." Rig. Go with her. Yeah, he would have been a okay. Strom and Perez, they they talk, and another part of Carrie's message was there are two officers in danger. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're I mean we're led to believe um, after that that it is Eric Matthews and Rig and and Rig. Yeah, that's what we're supposed to think now. And Hoffman gets word that a doctor has gone missing from the hospital. They don't say who. It's actually Lynn from the third movie. Mm-hmm. But we're like, oh, is it another one? Is it a new one? For all we know, it's just an external case yeah. that has nothing to do with Jigsaw. A third doctor? Oh, my gosh. Because we've got Gordon now and then uh, and Lynn. A third doctor's gone missing. And we're like, oh, it's probably part of a later trap. Mm-hmm. Not the case. It's it's Lynn. So Rig hears someone in his house and sees somebody moving. Rig, rule number one, you're in a horror movie. Yes. The thing that I find most irritating about this is the man who is such a SWAT he's he's the commander of SWAT yeah. for this police department and he goes and it's so silly because he sees someone walk past he yells Tracy are you there and then he goes out in the hallway yells Tracy again no answer turn on the lights grab a weapon do something he doesn't try to turn on the lights no there are some lights on but like there's more lights in this house you can mm-hmm. turn on he doesn't grab a weapon you gotta assume he's got a gun nearby well yeah he's a cop rule number five lock and load do mm-hmm. something I mean, granted, Rig is absolutely jacked. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. Yep. So maybe uh, he doesn't need, maybe he feel like he doesn't need to, but... Uh, he needs to. He needs to, yeah. Because he's going to get grabbed through some plastic wrap because they they're doing some renovation and gets knocked out. It's stupid. And then we cut to a scene with Hoffman, and it's implied that he's attacked as well. We see him writing a letter, putting something in a desk. Oh, at the police station. Oh, mm-hmm. no, there's a pig head mask behind him. And later on, we're going to learn, like, no, he's at Jigsaw's lair doing this, and he just has his costume behind him. And yep. It's kind of a, it's tricksy, but I like it. It's very, it's very deceiving, but I think it serves, it serves the story plot very well, because yep. you almost immediately eliminate him as a, as a possible suspect. Yeah, because he's going to spend the rest of the movie tied up. Mm-hmm. Pretty smart. So, Rig wakes up in his own bathroom, and he, he seems fine, and he's finally learning a lesson, and grabs a towel hanger as a weapon. Sure, whatever works, whatever you have. Mm-hmm. But he goes outside, there's a jigsaw video, and his phone is broken, he can't call anybody. So he, he starts listening to the video as he grabs his gun and puts some clothes on. Realizes it's loaded. Yep. Checks so the bullets. That's good. On the tape, he sees Eric Matthews and Detective Hop, and they are in a trap. The tape says, Matthews has to save himself. Rig has to learn to let go. That's about it. That's the story. He could have just gone back to bed. He could have... Seriously... He could have left the house and just gone and grabbed a beer or just called in his buddies and been like, hey, this is going on, you know? Yep, yeah, he never called for backup once this happened. It is so rare in a horror movie where you have the opportunity to walk away. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're, at this point, Rig is smack in the middle of this, but there is an out. This whole movie, there's an out. He oh, could yeah. have walked away at any time, and that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Rule yeah, number yeah. 11, get out. Get out! Yes. At that point, I would just be like, all right, I'm going to go uh, meet up with my wife. I'm going to call on the others, and I'm going to go see the wife. And this is not his last opportunity to walk away from this movie. No. Nope. It's crazy. Unbelievable. And there's a 90-minute timer there. Jigsaw never addresses the timer in the video. They never mention it. It's just there. What this actually means is if he stays away from the final trap for 90 minutes, everybody lives. Yeah. It's basically a, a, a reverse countdown yep. timer. Everything is fine unless you screw up. Yeah. Because it says in 90 minutes, Officer Matthews will, will be able to, or he will 
yeah. have 90 minutes to save himself. Yep. Anyway, Rick finds a woman named Brenda in his living room. She's tied to a chair. And, and Brenda is a, a pimp, madam. Mm-hmm. She's tied up. The TV turns on. That Brenda tells him that Brenda's a criminal. And he just needs to walk away from this. Yep. Just like, yo, leave this alone. This is none of your business. But, I mean, obviously, legality reasons, he obviously can't because he's a cop. Yeah. Uh, so he's stuck in a rock and a hard place on this one. He, Even he though is. morally, he should probably walk away. You know, He should walk away, but... It's a tricky situation. It he is. Could be, he could be charged with a crime. Yes, for exactly. Away. Negligence or something. I don't know. So he takes... She's wearing a pig head mask, and he takes it off, which activates the trap. If he'd done nothing, she would have been fine. I know, right? Basically, this trap is scalping her. It's, it's ripping her hair out. Yeah, it's ripping her hair out from the roots, and Brutal. it's kind of just ripping out her... Basically, her skin from her scalp. It's Brutal. Yeah, it's very. Uh, it's a very graphic scene. Yeah, Rig fires some bullets into it, but it d- does nothing. I would say, I was I was wondering when when he's looking through the mechanics and the gears is there not some place that he can just shove I know you don't want to like waste your one and only weapon yep. but isn't there one place where he could just you know shove his gun into the gears jam it and up. jam it up maybe I was thinking that too but he ends up finding uh, the combination within the gears and he he ends up freeing Brenda and he goes into the next room to get some towels to help clean her up uh, lo and behold Brenda has her own game uh, she was told if if Rig saves her he's a cop. He has evidence against her to put her in prison for the rest of her life or whatever. The only way to stop him is to kill him, and there's a knife taped to the bottom of the TV. So Brenda's like, are you a cop? And he's like, yeah, I'm a cop. It's okay. So she free- She gets freed. She grabs the knife and attacks him. The problem is, if Brenda's going to play this, she reveals her position too early. She needed to wait a little bit longer. Oh, she could have She could have acted way more incapacitated yep. and, you know, grabbed the knife, then laid back down. Yep. And then when Rig came to her, you know, just quick, quick stab in the neck. So a couple different options. She could have hid better and then jumped out and stabbed him. She jumped out too early, which is a violation of rule number 26. Don't give away your position. Mm-hmm. The other thing she could have done is faked dead or like faked, oh, I'm so hurt. I need your help. Like you said. Yes. And that is rule number 23, knowing to play possum. Either one of those works. Rig's dead. You're on the run now for being a murderer. Mm-hmm. But, but you're alive. You're alive. Yeah. And instead, Rig is just going to toss her through a mirror and kill her. And plus, that that transition from tossing her into the mirror into the police station is just fabulous. The transitions in this movie are just wild, and that might be the craziest one. Yeah. Because the mirror shatters, and all of a sudden we're in an interrogation room. Like, what? It's really, really cool. So for Brenda, ultimately, it was just those two things. But also, rumor four, don't be a menace. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't be a, a, a pimp, I guess. Well, don't be a pimp, and also, I mean, even if he saved your life, I mean, he saved your life. How... I don't know if I could do that. But then again, I'm not a person who is a pimp. Yep. And breaking the law religiously. So yes. So, really uh, yeah, the implication is she's not a nice pimp either. Yes. Definitely doing some sex trafficking stuff. So she's yep. not a good person. No. Rule number four, don't be a menace. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, if you aren't a menace, you're probably not going to get picked for a saw trap. That's like true. That, so. If everybody just follows the rules. Yep. <laughs> don't piss off Jigsaw. On Riggs' way out, Riggs' way out the door, he finds a... A two keys. One says one will save a life, one will take a life, and one of the keys is to a motel. Mm-hmm. So Rig leaves. Rig's going to go to this motel. The calls come in that shots were fired at Rig's apartment or house or whatever it is, and so the police show up at the crime scene, and then we we finally get a good look at Eric Matthews. He's on this block of ice with a chain wrapped around his neck, and there's heat lamps. And eventually, this chain, uh, the ice will melt, and which will hang Eric. And then on the other end of the seesaw that they're on is Hoffman tied to a chair. And it's implied that if Eric dies... The water will drain to his side yep. and electrocute him. Electrocute him, even though that's not going to happen because Hoffman's in on everything. And we get a little bit of a flashback. Eric was kept prisoner in a, a jail cell for six mm-hmm. months by Jigsaw because he put people in prison who didn't deserve to be there. Yep. Eating absolute gruel. So the SWAT team arrives at Riggs' place and they find Brenda's body. Lots of pictures of all the victims in this movie. And then uh, there's, uh, there's pictures of Jill as well, which is... Interesting. One of these things is not like the other. Yep. Peter Strom and Lindsay Perez, they want to talk to her. Mm -hmm. Um, They go pick her up, and she runs a clinic to help treat drug addicts. That's that's her thing. Noble cause. Noble cause. And they bring her in for some interrogation. And 
these scenes are going to give us a lot of flashbacks and kind of give us the Jigsaw origin story. Um, it is a great origin story. It's, it's really it's, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's also giving Jigsaw kind of a justification for what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But in the same sense, it, it is nice to kind of get that mindset of why he is he doing the things mm-hmm. he's doing instead of just being a random sociopath killer. So many killer. bad things happened to him in a row that yes. just caused him to go over the edge. Yeah, just snapped. Normal guy who just lost everything or a lot of stuff, and that's it. So back at uh, this this strange room with Matthews and Hoffman, Art arrives. The 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 guy who had his mouth shown up uh, sewn up earlier. We don't know it's him at first, but you know, in the next scene, we're gonna find out it's him. Mm-hmm. But he activates Hoffman and um, Matthews' trap and hooks up this chain to this and that's, door. And this is the actual trap. Yep, he hooks up the chain to this door that says "Final Test" on it, and that's for Rig. That's that's gonna come into play at the end. Art also has a gun that's shown. Meanwhile, Rig arrives at the motel, and we meet another character, Ivan, who is the hotel manager, motel manager, who might be the biggest scumbag in the entire series. Big boy. He's a big boy. Yeah. It, it, and literally it, the biggest scumbag. Yeah. Uh, he's also a rapist. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how, because they, they say in the movie that he was acquitted on rape yep. three times, but yet there's all these pictures, and everything's in this room. Yeah. They said that was all his like personal stuff, so they just never found it. They, they hid oh, it somewhere. okay, so that was his personal was stuff. Never found. Yeah, he kept evidence of all of his crimes. Uh, this guy sucks. This guy, I have no issue with dying with any way of dying. Yep, this guy off the face of the earth. Fuck this guy. Better for better for everyone. Yeah, better for everyone. So he goes up to the hotel room that the key led to. There's a photo of his wife. And it says, she needs you. Rig, go see her. Yeah, leave <laughs> right away. now. Leave right now. She needs you. You could walk away from all of it right now. Get you out, could. dude. There's also a box with a the pig head mask in it. And there's a tape. And basically, it's like, yeah, this guy sucks. Bring him into the next room for his own trap. and uh, But also wear this mask because there's cameras around. Mm-hmm. Rig never puts the mask on. No, him. he doesn't. And Stupid. that's, that's. I mean, he, he puts it on briefly. But then takes it off. Then he takes it off and goes back down the stairs, lures uh, the owner's dog yep. to bring it up there, which is actually pretty resourceful. Pretty clever, I think. And then Ivan comes upstairs, mm-hmm. and Rig holds him up at gunpoint. Rig, did it ever occur to you that you're being framed? Maybe that's the whole game. Is they're trying to set you up to look like Jigsaw? I mean, and we even see that with the with the two detectives. They even think that you know he's being recruited. Yep, wear the mask. Yeah, I mean, now's not the time to be prideful. Yeah. Just, you gotta do what you gotta do. If you're really gonna play the game, you gotta play it right. Yeah. And you shouldn't be playing this game. Yeah. I also wanna say, rule number 32 is play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Mm-hmm. Rig, this is the stupidest game. Quit playing. Oh, it's so bad. So, one of Jigsaw's models is Cherish Your Life. That's been written at a couple of crime scenes. It's also the model for Jill's Clinic. Which somehow they never connected the two. Or they did, but they're just bringing it up now. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. It doesn't make a ton of sense. We'll, we'll claim it as an oversight. But in flashbacks, we we get a look around uh, Jill's clinic, and we actually see a bunch of previous Jigsaw victims at this clinic. Mm-hmm. We see Trevor from earlier in this movie. We see Gus from Saw 2 who got uh, shot in the eye. Yep. We saw Donnie, who was the guy Amanda had to slice open to free herself from the bear trap. And I think there's like two other ones we see, but we see a bunch of them. Kind of like a nice little reunion for druggies. And it's like, oh, this is how Jigsaw knows about all these people. Yep. It's, I like that. Yeah, it gives you insight because it's like, well, his wife deals with all these people. You know, he sees what they're doing and sees how they're behaving. And so it, it makes sense why he lashes out at these people. Yeah. One of the people here is a guy named Cecil who we haven't met before. And he's kind of violent and unstable. He's a very interesting character. Yeah. Because you can tell, you know, with the addiction, he's not... He doesn't want to do these things, but he's doing these things. He's doing these regardless. things. Regardless. So he's doing it's... these things to feed his habit. Yep. And Jigsaw sees him pull out a knife because he, he was about to stab somebody. Jigsaw talks him out of it. Jigsaw, don't be a good Samaritan. If I see that, I'm, I'm going to go grab my wife and be like, hey, that guy's got a knife. Call the cops. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go hide in the back room in the yeah. meantime. Like, I, I, know, I know we are in a clinic for drug users, but... Don't bring a knife in here. Don't. Yeah. And if you see someone having a knife... Tell someone. Yep. Rule number 30. Don't be a good Samaritan. <laughs> I think Jigsaw even says that early uh, later on in the movie to Cecil when he's in the first yeah. trap. Yeah, basically Jigsaw does give a speech on why you shouldn't be a good Samaritan later yep. on. Completely right. Oh, 100%. 100% right. So we also see John's workshop for the first time where he's going to build a lot of his traps. But right now he's building a crib and a puppet. Billy the Puppet 1.0. Can we just say that that puppet would give any child nightmares? 
I almost think that one's more creepy. Yeah. It because looks it's smiling. It looks terrifying. And the cheeks are even more pronounced and they're almost like triangles. Like it's smaller and easier to like put next to a baby in a crib, but it's definitely creepier. Yeah. And it's made of wood, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's no thank you. Strong pass on that. So Rig eventually uh, brings Ivan into the next room and we see photos of all of Ivan's victims that he's had. There's a tape that, that shows what he did. Mm-hmm. It's nasty. Uh, it's it's pretty horrific. Yeah, fuck this guy. Yeah. Now, Rig is not wearing the mask again, but he decides to put Ivan on the bed because there's a big device there. And the the test for Rig is, it's like, hey, you don't have to put Ivan in this trap. It's up to you. But you can't save this guy. He's got to save himself. So if you want, put him in the bed. Let him do his trap. Let whatever. Him, let him save himself. Let him save himself. As satisfying as this would be to put this fuck in this trap, Rig, have you considered this might be a setup? Yeah. This is a crime. Like, yeah, you're you're doing what Jigsaw is doing. Like, that that's how the game is played. This is murder. Yeah, it's like straight up. I mean, either either Jigsaw has never been a murderer because he never actually kills anyone, or he is because he sets up elaborate traps. Yep. And so you're either one of those two. And based on how you your views of Jigsaw are, yep. you're a murderer. Yeah, I think Jigsaw is a murderer, hands down. Oh, and yeah. Rick, this makes you a murderer, like... Yeah, Ivan sucks and is probably the most deserving person of getting murdered. Mm-hmm. That said, in the eyes of the law, you're going to prison for this. Yes. What are you thinking? And he doesn't Rick? have, he doesn't like wipe his prints off anything. He doesn't have gloves of any kind. So, I mean, his, his, his DNA is all over the place. Number four, don't be a menace. Mm-hmm. Technically. Uh, again, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Rule number 32. This is so bad. That said, he puts Ivan in the bed. And Ivan has to gouge his eyes out with this machine or his limbs will all be ripped off. And Ivan does the first one, but can't do the second one in time for some Even though all he has to do is press a button. I don't know why he didn't just push him at the same time. Yeah, just press him at the same time. Just, just get it over with. Yeah, because he, he's even like, all right, one more. One more, I can do it. I can do it. Yep. And he doesn't do it. So this would be a violation of rule number 28, run, bitch, run. Which doesn't just apply to running. It basically, this rule just means you got to move with a purpose. It's the opposite of the don't charge ahead rule. Mm-hmm. If you move too slowly, that'll get you killed probably more often. Just like Saw 2. So, maybe not run, bitch, run, but uh, gouge, bitch, gouge. Gouge, bitch, gouge. Exactly. Just just do it. Yeah. Child of Buffett, man. Yeah, you got to child of Buffett sometimes. Now, to be fair, I would have a very difficult time doing this. I would, Because I too. have a huge eye phobia. I don't have an iophobia, and I would still have an issue with doing this. This would be easier than what the guy had to do in Saw 2, where he had to like, like stab it out mm-hmm. himself and get the key out. All you have to do is press a button here and yeah. just take it. It'd be so hard, but the opposite, the other... The opposite is you're dead. You're dead. So I think I could do it. It would f- fucking suck. Yeah. I mean, then you can live the rest of your life as a blind man. Yep. He's also probably going to go to jail, because how is he going to get himself out of this room now? And the cops will eventually find him. That is a fair point. So I he's going to be even blind and in jail. I never even thought about that. So, But fuck this guy. He ends up getting ripped to pieces. Yes, good. So ultimately for Ivan, rule number four, don't be a menace. Mm-hmm. Don't rape people. Yeah, don't be an absolute scumbag. Yeah. And rule number 28, run, bitch, run. Mm-hmm. Gouge, bitch, gouge. Gouge, bitch. And that, that's pretty much it for Ivan. Once Rig had the gun in his face, he didn't really have a, a huge chance of making it. Until, I mean. you know, it, unless he'd passed the trap. So Yeah. yeah. But who cares? This guy sucks. Yes. This guy, better for everyone that he's gone. Yeah, agreed. I am not sad to see him go. So Rig gets his next clue, which tells him basically to go to this school. And we have a flashback scene. Rig went to the school one time to work on a a child abuse case. There was a girl there who had a lot of bruises, and her dad was beating her. Mm -hmm. And just being an absolute monster. And we meet the dad, a guy named Rex. Rex sucks. Yes, Rex. I would say that Rex and... um, the, the big boy. Ivan. Ivan were basically the two worst people. Yeah, the two biggest monsters. So Rex is abusing his wife, Morgan, and their, their daughter. And Morgan is basically kind of the, a battered housewife. Yep. And isn't stepping in to protect. And is kind of, to protect the daughter and is kind of defending the husband. Mm-hmm. So Rick's pissed at both of them. But Rex is kind of gloating because he got his daughter to not corroborate the story. Yep. And so Rig punches Rex in the face a couple of times, which oh, is very satisfying. Fantastic. Fantastic. Again, illegal. Don't be a menace. But they, they get away. They get around it. Yeah, yeah. They get Rule around three, it. do your damn job. If you're being a cop, you probably shouldn't beat people. Yeah. I mean, granted, he did touch him first. So yeah. that's how they kind of get off on that yeah. technicality. Yeah. But 
because Hoffman's there as well. Yes. Hoffman and uh, uh, Rig are both there, and then Rex and Morgan are both there. So it's like a he said, he said kind of thing. Yeah, he said, he said, she said, where you um, know the wife has just as much to gain as the yep. husband does. And but Hoffman's gonna end up covering Rig. Yeah, like oh yeah, yeah, Rex definitely attacked him first. So yeah, so see Hoffman, he's got some good. <laughs> he's got some good in him. So at the clinic, this is another flashback. We get Jill. She's leaving the clinic for the night. She's locking up. And Cecil shows up. He's like, yeah, I left my jacket in there. And she goes in to get it. Don't be a good Samaritan, Jill. Nope. He bursts in, holds a knife at her, and wants to get in so he can, I guess, get steal some, some drugs. Yeah, get some drugs. Like yeah. Now, he runs inside the building and leaves her there alone. And she stands there waiting for him. Jill, rule number 11, get out. Yeah. Yeah. She Go! Like, she could easily have, I mean, she tried jiggling the handle um, to another door yep. in between those two locked. locked doors, and that was locked. Go out the front door. So, yeah, go out the front door. The keys are in the lock right now. Your There's... husband's waiting outside in the, in the car. Yeah. Just, just go! But she doesn't. Cecil comes back out, slams her with the door by accident, to be fair. Mm-hmm. She's pregnant with their child, kills the baby. It's rough. It's a it's a pretty brutal scene, especially. Yeah. Um, it's actually really heartbreaking when you know Cecil runs out and Jigsaw realizes what's going on. He sees Cecil. He, see, he sees something's going wrong, and so he runs into the clinic. It's actually very very heartbreaking. And they end up taking her to the hospital. Baby dies. It's sad. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sad. Okay, so the cops arrive at Ivan's death scene. The room was rented to Art, the lawyer we talked about, and he's been missing for two weeks. And they they think at this point Rig is being recruited. So they go to Art's last known address, where they find two folders and a camera watching them. And in the folders, even though they don't show us, it's pictures of Strom and Perez. Mm -hmm. And they're the two targets. They're like, oh, we're the two officers who are in danger, even though they're not officers, the FBI agents. Yeah, and I don't really even see how they're in danger too much in this entire thing. Until the very end. It's weird. Yeah, it's like they had no real clues that they were in danger. Other than the picture. It's it's really weird. Oh, yeah. And, and Lindsay's picture, like her folder, it says, you're one step too close. and But it doesn't show it to us very well. It's very no. quick. Yeah. So I got to say, uh, bad on the filmmakers here. This mm-hmm. needed to be a little more clear. Yeah, it was a little convoluted in that part. Yeah, absolutely. Eric decides to quit playing this game and decides to kill himself and just steps off the block of ice. I mean, at that point... Can't really blame him I too much. I can't blame him either. He's been... He's Completely insane at this point. Well, yeah, he's been isolated for six months. He's no idea if his son's alive or not. Nope. Poor Eric. I mean, he just had to follow the rules. Just had to follow the rules, man. (laughs) But he steps off the block, but Art gets him back on. Tells him, like, yeah, if you do that, you're going to kill your buddy over there, Hoffman. And then it's revealed in a flashback, Art was actually Rex's lawyer. And, you know, came to the police station to talk to Rig and Hoffman. And like, yeah, you know, hey, Rex attacked Rig first. Can't do anything. Art's like, oh, you... You cops are also corrupt. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, someday, someday it'll come back. So come back Art to get you. and uh, Hoffman recognize each other. Mm-hmm. Rig arrives at this abandoned school. I didn't realize schools really got abandoned. Yeah, I've, I'm not really sure how many abandoned buildings there are, just yeah. in general. Because if we go based on the logic of these movies, there are tons of just vacant buildings this city everywhere. Sucks. Like, where are people living? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what city this is. I don't want to live here. Oh God, no. I'd uh, rather live in Gotham. Yeah. Maybe this is Gotham. <laughs> oh my god, Batman versus Jigsaw. Ooh. By the way, completely off topic, but I think the viewers will like it. There's actually a fan theory that uh, the Home Alone kid grew up to become Jigsaw. I've heard that one all, too. Because of all the traps. And I like that theory. I am 100% on board. Let's do a, a remake of Jigsaw with Macaulay Culkin oh, playing him. He needs to get recruited. Uh, I'd love this. So Rick arrives at the school and he finds uh, Rex and Morgan impaled each other on spikes and they've actually already done their trap it's basically over rex is dead he rex is already dead morgan's not she's got they got one spike left connecting the two of them they were like tied to a pole and just like impaled with a bunch of spikes uh, they were back to back too mm-hmm. and flashback we morgan's trap this this is a weird trap so they were impaled on spikes together the spikes were not through lethal parts of morgan's body nope but they were through lethal parts of Rex's body. Rex's bo- Rex was going to die no matter what. Yes, they were angled in a way where, um, yeah, it was missing every vital organ and vital uh, bloodline, and for the wife, but the but the the husband, they were all vital. Mm-hmm. This is a murder. Yeah, this, there's no debate with the jigsaw. This is a murder because mm-hmm. that the the husband had absolutely no chance. Yeah, to get out. So what the hell, jigsaw? 
you know, sometimes you got to bend the rules. Yeah, maybe if, maybe, if, you, if you create them. Maybe Hoffman set this one up. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, Rex is already dead. Rex, rule number four, don't be a menace. Don't beat your wife and kid. Yeah, right? I think that's... I don't even think that needs to be said. Yeah, it shouldn't have to be, but apparently it needs to. <laughs> apparently it does. Uh, good riddance, Rex. But Rick comes in, there's a tape for him. Basically, it's like, yeah, what have you learned? Does she deserve the life? Has she learned her lesson? What are you going to do here, Rig? Also, there's one more test for you. So Rig looks around a little bit. He pulls the last spike out from Morgan and gives the key. He's like, yo, you got to save yourself. But before he goes, he sees a picture about... And basically, it, it, again, it's kind of sloppy editing, but he figures out where the final location is. It's mm-hmm. a, a plant that was a building owned by Jigsaw. Yeah, Gideon's packing plant. Yeah, he kind of he kind of used the clue because there was a G uh, yeah. imprinted on the knife that um, the pimp. Yeah, pimp pimpress. Yep, pimpress. Pimpress. <laughs> the madam. Yeah, the madam was using, and um, yeah, with all the other pictures. So he figures out where the last place is. But again, there's another photo of his wife, and it's like, go home. Like, it literally is yeah. spelling it out. It's literally. It says go home. Leave, Rick. You can still walk away from this. Guess what? He's not gonna. He's obsessed. He's I mean, gonna get him killed. To make, to, make, to make a fair point, though, if, like, you were gone for six months, I would probably do anything. Even if I had all these clues. But at, at, at the same time, I would be like, well, they're telling me not to. Yeah, and they're telling so. him he's got to save himself. They, they literally told him, Eric's got to save himself. You mm-hmm. can't help him. They spelled it out for him. Yeah. He's gonna get his buddy killed. It's what, uh, that's what uh, what what Rig's gonna do here. It's it's frustrating. That's why you gotta pull the Luke Skywalker and just be a hermit on an yeah. island. Yeah, I have no friends. <laughs> so Rig leaves and he pulls the fire alarm on his way out to help Morgan. One funny thing is when Morgan like hears when the flashback when she hears Red Trapper, she's like, "Okay, let's do this." Just yeah, she was just ready for it. She just did it. Uh, no hesitation. So I really like that. Yeah, she, she was great. Well, I mean, how much abuse has she already dealt with? She's like, "What are these little yeah, things?" Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm die for this just guy. Just gonna whoop 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 take him out. Yep. Loved it. That, that was great. Yeah, she just ripped right through it. Yeah, uh, she she ran, bitch ran. She pulled, bitch pulled. Yes, uh, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, and good for her. Good for her. So the FBI arrives on the scene and they they get Morgan to the hospital. Rex is dead. They realize that all the people in the trap so far, Brenda, Ivan, Rex, Morgan, uh, and even Jill, Jigsaw's wife, they all have the same lawyer, Art. He's kind of a scummy lawyer. He's yeah. Some- shitty people. Yeah. Off. Then this weird moment happens where they're they're one of the crime scene people is like dusting for prints and activates the spike trap yeah fires a spike and kills the crime scene photographer whoever's job it was to secure the scene rule number three do your damn job yeah, do your damn job you literally killed someone whose job it was just to photograph a yeah. crime scene just doing their they, they were doing their job they were doing their job perfectly and they got absolutely punished for it for this is incompetence. The most random death in the series it is it is kind of funny because you're just like also just like what the why like what is happening why did that happen so then they realize that Art and Jill are actually both own this school that they're in. Mm-hmm. And so they look around and find a room with the, the Billy the Puppet doll inside and decide to go in. With Why? no backup. No backup. Rule number 12 is wait for backup. It's just the two of them. Mm-hmm. Why? There's a tape in there. And they play it. And it's for Lindsay. Or I guess it's for both of them. But it's like, hey, guys, yeah, soon Aiden Strom, you're going to kill an innocent man. Lindsay, your next move is critical. And then it starts making like a ticking sound. Like it's counting down to something. And she's very curious about what that noise is. Rule number 11, get out! Yeah. It was it was to the point where it's like, if there's any ticking noise in any capacity with her jigsaw trap, run. Yeah, get out of there. And it blows up. Shoots some shrapnel under her face. And Lindsay gets taken to the hospital out of the movie. She gives the, the key they got from Detective Carrier before the movie started to Strom before she goes. But she gets taken to the hospital out mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah, that was kind of a massive oversight. I, I really did enjoy, though, at the very end of that where uh, the puppet starts giggling. Yeah. It's just like, oh. Just, <laughs> you stupid yeah, fuck. Just twist the knife in a little deeper. Yeah. I wish I could feel better, worse for her. But I, I, I mean, I can at the same time. Play stupid games win stupid prizes. That's this whole movie. Yeah, it really is. So Eric seemingly dies. Oh, it's melted too much, and he chokes to death. And Hoffman calls Eric or uh, Art over, like, "Hey, he's dying." And Eric attacks Art. It's like the whole classic uh, the sick prisoner trick. Yep. Rule number twenty-three: No one to play possum. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the move for Eric. It was good. It was. A good, I mean, what else is he gonna do? What, yeah, I he's mean, tied up, hanging from a ceiling. Yeah. Try something. Yeah. Rule number seventeen is never give up. The next thing you try might work. And then at the very next turn. The lawyer Art, he gives Eric Matthews a weapon. Yeah. So Art is gonna, you know, he gets him back in line, and he's like, "Hey, you just, we just all gotta live until the clock counts down." 
And if, if Rig passes his test, they all go free. All right? I got to criticize Art a little bit here. He was very vague. He was. Why is he so vague? He could have just been like, hey, so here's what's going on. We don't want anyone to go through this door. Rule number nine is be careful what you say. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, typically you don't want to say too much. You give way too much information. But in this case, he's not saying enough. No. Explain beat for beat what is happening. Hey, we can't let Rig come into this room. If he does, you guys die. Even though Hoffman's not really going to die. But as far as Art knows, they'll well, both yeah. die. But that's, I mean, it's very obvious why, I mean, I don't know why he couldn't have just said it. Why couldn't he say it? And Art's thing is, we don't, we're going to find this out a little later, but he's got a device on his back that'll like snip his spine or something. Yeah, I don't really, I didn't really understand what that was, but it looked like something to do with yeah. like neck, spine stuff. And if he, he's got a button that will release Eric and Hoffman. If he presses it before the timer's done, it'll snap his spine and kill him. Okay. I had to read about this. Okay, so that that, that makes that that, yep. that context. So he, he has to wait till the timer is up to press the button, and then they're all safe. So, but Art, explain what's going on a little bit more. Yeah. You're so bad. he doesn't say who's going to come through the door. He doesn't say you know like what happens when the timer ends. Yep. You know, just be a little more. You know, come on, Art, explanatory. You did so well at the beginning, and you're falling apart now. So he gives Eric a gun and one bullet. Strom interrogates Jill some more. He's ask, asking about Art, trying to figure this out. They think Art's the accomplice at this point. Mm-hmm. And we get more flashbacks of Jill and Art visiting Jigsaw at his workshop, uh, where Jigsaw ends their partnership, kicks him out. That's when Jigsaw gets cancer and his suicide attempt. Jill visits him again and sees a bunch of photos of Cecil, who is missing. Jill, rule number one, you might be in a horror movie. Yeah, at this point. Uh, I think your husband or ex-husband maybe at this point is like kidnapping and possibly murdering people. Yeah, what a what a wild life that would have been. Yeah. Just been a terrible, terrible series of unfortunate and, events. I don't really blame her for not saying anything, you know. Clearly I, she still loves this guy. Clearly. Um, and, you know, like you, at, from her perspective, you can kind of understand. Yeah. But it is still a monstrous thing to not just send an anonymous tip and say, yeah. maybe go check out this place. Yeah, I think... I'd find Cecil at this warehouse. Yeah, you might find a bunch of murdering machines yep. at this warehouse. Also, of note, Jigsaw's building this weird glass box. We're not going to see until the Saw 5, so thanks for setting it up now, I guess. I mean, hey, it was a great little tease. <laughs> it, it just doesn't follow movie logic. Like, Nope. This, this feels like a TV show. It does. If, yeah, like you were saying, it feels like a TV miniseries. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty bizarre. So we finally get to see Jigsaw's first trap in action because he kidnapped Cecil during the year of the Pig Festival, and that's kind of... Where Jigsaw got the pig head masks mm-hmm. idea. Yep. He's big into the year of the pig. He liked the Chinese Zodiac. So he puts Cecil in a chair and puts this knife trap in front of him. So he's got to basically push his face through a, a bunch of knives to get free. And to his credit, he's able to do it. I actually really like this trap. Yeah, it's a good trap. Simple. I like it because you're... Yeah, doable. You can face your fears. You can kind of, like you said, you can line it up where you don't hit any like vital parts of yeah. your eyes or eyelids or lips or as much as possible. And some gnarly scars, but... But that's, I mean, otherwise you're just going to bleed out. Yep. Yeah, because his wrists have been cut. So mm-hmm. he's going to bleed out if he doesn't do this. So rule 17, never give up. The next thing you try my work, so he still doesn't give up and gets out of this chair. Yeah. Unfortunately, he does not follow rule number two, which is constant vigilance. So he charges at Jigsaw, not realizing there's a thing of barbed wire standing behind him. Jigsaw chose where he stand very care- carefully. And Jigsaw steps out of the way and Cecil lands in the thing of barbed wire and ends up dying. Yep. Rip. I mean, he had a chance. He had a he, chance. He, I mean, he he beat the trap. Yeah, he could have walked out. You know, same thing with same thing with Rick. He could have walked away right there. Rule eleven, get out. Yeah, he had the opportunity to leave, and he didn't take it. Fool. I get wanting to attack the guy who put you in a knife chair, and but if you're gonna do it, be a little more careful. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who knows? Maybe he was coming down from a high. <laughs> could be. This guy is a drug addict. So at this point, Agent Strom realizes, hey, I gotta go to this Gideon's warehouse. So he takes off and heads there. So Rig arrives. And he goes in, and there's a note for him. It says, who are you saving? Remember that. Time is on your side. What does that mean? He asks. They've spelled it out for you the whole movie. Yeah. Walk away. At certain points, you kind of have to, you just have to be more vigilant about the signs in front of you. And he clearly, I mean, he's clearly blinded by his, you know, love for his friends, love for trying to save people. And so it comes from a place, a good place. Yes. But it's ultimately just... It ends up being his demise. Yeah. For someone who's worked on the Jigsaw cases and, and you know, he realized the safe place thing that uh, Eric's son was in. Jigsaw is very literal. Mm-hmm. Rig fails to learn from past events, basically, yep. is what I'm saying, which is rule 21. Rig has been involved in these investigations. I know he's a SWAT guy, but he was there. 
Yeah, he's. I mean, he's seen firsthand what the traps do. What yeah, they, I mean, he was in Saw Two when yep. both two of his colleagues went in blindly and just got their ankles chopped off. Yep, he's seen it. So there's no real excuses. Eric loads the gun, and at this point, he realizes if that door opens, the final test door, if that opens, he dies because his head will get crushed with ice blocks. So Eric finally realizes, like, oh, oh shit, I can't let anybody come through that door. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know who's coming through. If he knew it was Rig, he might try and not, he might not shoot him because it's his friend, but. Yeah, exactly. So Rig's searching around the plant. Agent Strom arrives. He does call for backup. Rule number 12 is wait for backup. Yes. Which he doesn't do. And I made a point about this when we were watching. He says, I don't have two minutes. But then when you look at the clock, there's three minutes. Yep. So he technically had, yes. he technically had two minutes. You're no good to anybody dead. It sucks sometimes, but you gotta you gotta wait for help. You know, yeah. going in by yourself is stupid. It's so dumb. So he goes in anyway. There's another note for Rig. It says, "Remember how to truly save a life." Rig, you it's been spelled out so much. I know. It's just it's just staring at him right in the face like a big pimple. And it sucks because I like Rig. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, he's a good character. I like I like everything about him except he just makes all the wrong choices. And all of them for all the right reasons. For, yeah, he's making the wrong choices for the right reasons. It's just it's tragic. It is tragic. It is tragic. It's a tragic case. Meanwhile, Strom finds a photo of Jeff and Lynn and their children from the previous movie. That's weird. Why is that here? Yep, that is slightly strange. So he keeps going. This is when Art is revealed to have the device trapped to his back, um, and if he releases Eric too early, it'll kill him yeah it'll do it'll do something yeah but then we get the big reveal this is all happening at the same time as saw three jeff is wandering around the place and peter's kind of on jeff's trail he yep. thinks he's on rig's trouble he's on jeff's trail so dun, dun dun twisty twist and peter hears some gunshots from jeff as he's killing amanda mm-hmm. and Lynn gets killed so rig arrives at the final test he's finally at the door there's like 10 seconds left on the clock and eric is screaming at him don't come in but he does yep rule number 42. Don't charge ahead. Don't charge ahead. Bookends. Yeah. It was It was all here. It was all set up for you, Rig. Ugh. Could have just sat down, taken a nice little nap. I mean, could have done literally anything. He could have done nothing. Yeah. And... Inaction. Inaction saves lives sometimes. In this case, Rig. So Rig bursts the door. Eric fires a shot, and it hits Rig, and it fatally wounds him, actually. It, I, I mean, when you actually see it, though, it looks like he almost just got pegged in the shoulder. Yeah, but... So it, I, I think it's just sloppy editing, because Rig also fires a gun and shoots Art. Art gets hit in the shoulder, and it's, like, really quick. Art okay. gets hit in the shoulder, Rig gets a gut shot. Okay. So the ice blocks fall, kill Eric. Yep. The tragic end to Eric Matthews. Boy, what a rough end for that guy. And it all really boiled down to everything we said in Saw 2. Don't yeah. be a menace and all this other stuff. So I don't want to get into all, everything that Eric did wrong again. Because listen to the Saw 2 and a little bit of the Saw 3 podcast for mm-hmm. what Eric did wrong. Yeah, he was, did a lot of stuff wrong. Done a lot of stuff wrong. Uh, a little bit more understandable because his son was in so much danger. Yep. Which I think it, was it wasn't so just co-workers. Or, yeah, friends. Well, yeah, uh, friends. Son. So Eric is dead. Brutal. So we come back, and uh, Peter unlocks the door to the medical room. And Jigsaw and Amanda and Lynn, they're all dead. Jeff panics. Rule number 10, don't panic. Yeah, he's, he's where's my daughter? He sees Peter Strom. Strom has a gun. Mm-hmm. Jeff pulls his gun, which doesn't have any bullets, I don't think, anyway. I don't think it did. Yeah, I think At he's least, out of bullets. I think he would be out of bullets then. Yeah, yeah. So what is that going to do? So Strom shoots him, which justified. Yes. Strom is very justified in doing this. Shoots and kills Jeff. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear what Jeff did wrong, listen to the Saw 3 podcast. Because <laughs> Jeff was terrible. Jeff Jeff actually wanted to die a living pleb in the previous movie. Yes, he did. But he gets shot and killed here because he panics a little bit. Again, well, he justified. Does. Yeah, he does. Well, I mean, at that point, you know, the, the, the police at Strom, he doesn't seem like anybody that was like, you know, he, you know, suit, tie, yep. classy outfit. I kind of would look at him and I don't think I would be, you know, so... Hasty on saying, oh, where's my daughter? To be fair, though, Jeff did just see his wife's head blow up. That is true. And his daughter has been kidnapped. <laughs> He's not in the right state of mind. So out of everything Jeff has ever done in this series, this is like the most justifiable thing he does. Because mm-hmm. Jeff sucks. Yeah. Good riddance. Yeah, Jeff's a slowpoke. So we lose our Night of the Living Pleb from Saw 3 here. Rip. No longer a living pleb. <laughs> so we go back to the other room, and Art is like calling Rig an idiot. <laughs> Yep. And then reaches for something in his bag without really saying what he's going to do. Yeah, no. no. When you're dealing with cops, you can be trigger happy, especially in a situation like this. Yeah. You move slowly, 
And uh, you say what you're reaching for. So Art kind of does a, a little bit of don't charge ahead here. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not really saying what he's doing. But I also want to add another rule here: tread cautiously when dealing with police. Mm-hmm. Rule number forty-three, I think, is a fair rule in general and in life. And in life, yeah. When you're dealing with cops who have guns, like, well, you don't know what the well. See, that's the thing because you don't know what cops are thinking. You yeah. Know I mean? And from their perspective. You know, anything that someone's reaching for something, you know, it could potentially be a a lethal weapon. In this case, Rig, as far as he knows, thinks Art is an accomplice. Yeah. Might be reaching for a gun. He's been shot. Rig is in a desperate situation. Mm -hmm. I think Rig was justified to shoot Art here. I think so, too. I mean... Art could have saved himself, though, by just communicating and moving slower and treading cautiously with police. mm -hmm. So Rig ends up shooting Art in the head and killing him. Yep. But at the last second, Art pulls out a tape player, hits play, and then he gets shot. Conveniently. Very convenient. And basically the tape is criticizing Rig for failing. Uh, he needed. He got here too early. Yada, yada. Everything we already knew. Mm-hmm. Hoffman is revealed to the accomplice at this point. Yes. He's like, yeah, yo. I'm, yeah, I'm the camera pans up from Rig's uh, body on the ground and kind of sees uh, Hoffman standing above him. At first like, oh, did the trap just not work? Nope. Hoffman's the accomplice. And he just looks so disappointed in Rig. Yeah, he's just kind of, yeah, not mad, but disappointed. Yeah. Like, why Why did you do it, man? I do really enjoy, though, that, you know, in every movie, I think up until this point, the countdown has meant get there or do something before. And this movie kind of just really flips it on its head where it says, don't do anything until after. Yeah, it's a, it's the inverse. It, yeah, it, it, uh, I really like subverted that. Subverted your expectations. Exactly. It's like the last Jedi of uh, Saw. <laughs> so Rig, uh, he dies off screen. We don't actually see him die in this movie, but he dies. Rig, 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 Rig. Where do I even begin but ultimately for Rig, he needed to get out when he had the chance. Yeah. He was told so many times. Oh, he, he didn't learn over. from past events. He was a good Samaritan when he shouldn't have been. He played stupid games. He wins a stupid prize. He needed to know when to cut ties. He charged ahead when he shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. It, there, a mess. There was so many just sloppy, broken rules in this one. It, it's an absolute mess. It's it's probably one of the worst performances we've ever had. Oh yeah. And it's a shame because I really like Rig. Yeah, he's great. He's a such he seems like such a good guy. Mm-hmm. But he broke almost every rule in the book. Yeah, it's it's insane. So no shock that he dies. He, it sucks, but he got what he 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 played a stupid game. He won a yes. stupid prize. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's ever been more apparent. That rule yeah. has never been more valid than it is right now. I think. So the movie ends. Hoffman goes back to the medical room and shuts the door on Peter. But it, it doesn't really matter because backup's no. on the way yeah. backup's on the way already so and in the very beginning of the movie we see jigsaw's body where yep. at the end of the movie it's in that medical room so yep. we clearly know that he's going to be okay yeah you know it's a good cliffhanger mm-hmm. and there's a couple of minutes where he might be in danger and which is the beginning of saw five the strongest part of saw five i will say mm-hmm. which we'll get to saw five sucks so yeah but like if peter can just like chill out for a few minutes and he should be okay yeah he's not in the worst position we've ever i mean it's just a really smelly position yeah, a lot of corpses in there. And so it's revealed finally uh, that the autopsy happened after, which we kind of guessed at this point. But now Hoffman listening to the tape is a way different connotation because yep. it's telling him he, he's still going to be tested. What does that mean? How is he going to be tested if Jigsaw's dead? What? Yeah, that makes no sense. I would be absolutely terrified yeah, if I I'm was Hoffman. Yeah, I'm Hoffman. I'm pooping my pants. Well, yeah, I would go to Costa Rica. Yeah. Hoffman hasn't really been in a horror movie because he's been the killer, you know? Mm-hmm. Hoffman, you're in a horror movie. Yeah, now you are. And guess what? You're in a sequel. You're at the end of one, and you're going into another, and prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. Prepare yourself, Hoffy. Exactly. And that is the end of Saw 4. Wow, made it through that. And we actually two new rules, which is... When is the last time we've had two rules in one movie? I'm, gonna, I'm looking at... A, we haven't had two rules from one movie since Children of the Corn. Yeah. A while ago. That's a long time. So we got two new rules. Rule 42 is don't charge ahead. Rule number 43, tread carefully when dealing with police. Yes. Jake, what do you think of those rules? I absolutely love those rules. I think they add great uh, meaning, both in horror movies and just in general real life, because you don't want to just barge in through random doors when you don't know the consequences. And, you know, obviously tread cautious when with cops. Yes. Good life advice here. Listen to us. We know what we're talking about sometimes. (laughs) Okay, so we've got two new rules, and so let's get into the awards. Mm -hmm. So first we have the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, which is based off Randy from Scream, and that goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Boys, it's tough. This, there isn't many people. There aren't Hardly many. Hardly anybody does anything right in this movie. I would, I would probably 
say on instinct, I would say the uh, the pimptress. Okay. Because she followed the rules. Yeah. She tried her dangdest to, you know, kill, she, she kill, kill Riggs. She made a few mistakes with her execution. That's fair. I think she's the second best. I actually think I have to give it to Morgan, the, the wife of Rex. Because oh, she won yeah. her game. That's she right. She did everything right. You know, obviously... The last one she didn't quite get. Yeah, and, you know, she convinced Rig to help, which is good. Mm-hmm. She played that social game. Yep. But she pulled the spikes out. She didn't let herself go down with Rex. Yeah, I laughed. Genuinely laughed when she just went, all right, let's do this, and just went... Yeah! She literally cut ties. Yeah, it was pretty great. So, you know, she's barely in the movie. She's three scenes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mean, three scenes total. Barely in the film. I think it's Morgan. I mean, you could make the argument that uh, Strom as well... Because, you know, he's doing everything. He called for backup, although he didn't wait for backup. Yep, so. for and he did yeah. get trapped in this room. Mm-hmm. I think overall, Brenda made more mistakes than Morgan did. Mm-hmm. Um, they were both menaces in their own way, but Morgan was more of a victim of Rex than Brenda was actively doing stuff. Exactly. Morgan was more passive. So I think ultimately I want to give it to Morgan. This is one of the least impressive uh, Randy Meeks Mayor Badge winners we've ever had. Yeah, this is like the the bottom of the barrel. This just is scraping it. If I had to rank them all, she she might not be last, but she's close. Very, very pathetic performance. But in the very little bit of screen time she did, she did pretty good. Mm-hmm. So we'll give it to Morgan. Now we have the Night of the Living Pleb Award, <laughs> uh, which goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules. And this is, of course, based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead, the worst character of all time. Have you seen Night of the Living Dead? I actually have not. That's one of the, that's one of the classics that I have not seen. Watch that one, and, dude, you will hate Barbara. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara. We have options plenty for this one. I mean, can we just, like, group everyone into this and give, like, multiple awards? You know, I'd be more okay with that if there wasn't one standout. Well, yes, I mean... Unfortunately, as much as I like him, I think it's gotta go to uh, Rig, Lieutenant Rig. Yep. He's so, he might be the most likable Night of the Living Club we've ever had. Oh, yeah. Because like, everything he does is justified. He's being a good Samaritan. He's being a good Samaritan. He's doing his job. Yep. He's being a cop. He's trying to save lives. But he's and doing it just, to his own detriment. He's yeah, he's doing all of the wrong things. And never had we had so many opportunities for a character to just walk out of the movie and not oh, be yeah. in danger anymore. And it so clearly spelled out for him that he just ignores it. Mm-hmm. As much as I love you, Rig. Night of the Living Club. Yeah, you're good with that? Oh, yeah. 100%. So, Lieutenant Rig is the Night of the Living Pleb, and he's not so living anymore. Sad day. I don't feel great about it, but I'm sure this is like a teacher. If, like, your favorite student, like, fails a math test. Yeah. You gotta give your favorite student enough sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you were the chosen one. Yeah, you were the chosen one. <laughs> uh, it's too bad. So, Jake, did you enjoy, enjoy doing software here? I loved it. I loved it. It was great seeing your beautiful face again. <laughs> Be able to watch the movies actually with each other this time. It yep. was, yeah. It was great. So do you want to do Saw 5? I would love to do Saw 5. Excellent. Yeah. Keep the, give the listeners what they want. All right. You and I will keep doing Saw 5. Okay. So now it's time to spin the Wheel of Spooks. Uh, here's what is on the wheel right now. Uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street 5, Dream Child. Children of the Corn 5, Fields of Terror. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, The Next Generation. The 10th Halloween movie. It's called Halloween 2. It's the, the remake of Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie one. Child's Play 3, Leprechaun 2, Saw 5, and Friday the 13th Part 3. Jake, go ahead and spin the wheel. Alright. Oh, and we got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, The Next Generation, which might be the worst movie on this list, except for probably Leprechaun 2. I was going to say, I really hoped it was Leprechaun 2 because of your absolute disdain yeah. for the Leprechaun franchise. Yeah, I think Leprechaun 2 is probably the worst movie on here, but I think Texas Chainsaw 4 is the second worst on this. Yeah, the Leprechaun franchise sucks. Though, did you watch Leprechaun 8, the one that came out last year? No, I never did. It's the best one, hands down. It's a good movie. Really? It's good. I mean, I personally like all of them. They're, 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 they're train wrecks in their own way, but my gosh, they're just, they're so witty and fun. It's a direct sequel to the original. Like, go back to the house from the original. No way. Yeah. And uh, one of the characters from the original, Ozzy, the, the slow one, yep. is back. Same oh. actor and everything. What? Yep. That's the dude from Pee Wee Herman, yep. isn't it? Yep. Yeah. He's back. Oh, dude, no way. Dude, it is. It's a good movie. I liked it a lot. That's pretty sweet. Now, it's not the same actor to play Leprechaun. It was going to be, but he didn't want to do it because he had just had a kid. So he was like, I'm going to go raise my kid. I don't want to do any horror movies for a while until he's older. I mean, so, I mean so, 
They tried yeah. to get him back. It's understandable. So different actor, but it, it was a good movie. Okay. So watch it. I would definitely have to watch I, that. I think I own it, actually. Ooh, good. So we're going to be doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, The Next Generation, starring Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. All right, all right, all right. You, nope, it's nothing is all right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, but Jordan Ryan will be coming back on the podcast to do that one. I know he's never seen it and is very excited to watch it, and I can't wait to see how disappointed he is going to be. It's going to be fun. Jake? Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I want to thank all the listeners. Make sure to like and subscribe yep. to the How to Survive a Horror podcast. Uh, you could follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at How to Horror. Check us out there. It'll be a good time. And then, you know, follow us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review and maybe we'll read it on the podcast. Uh, I like reading five-star reviews, so we'll get some of those in and read them out loud. Uh, Jake, do you want to plug any social media? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at Sinister Spaghetti. Um, and you can follow me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Sinister Spaghetti. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Do that. Follow him up. Jake's a good guy. Funny stuff. Uh, thanks for doing this again. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, this has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast. Stay safe out there. Uh, uh. Ah!